Oh, I love it when you get a room full of happy people together. Oh, what a glorious night. Make no mistake about it. We have tried to make sure that the message has been clear this morning. You've seen the children sing it on video. You've heard a group sing it. You've heard scripture being read. We want you to know about Luke chapter 2 and the incredible, true, glorious story of Christ our King coming to this earth as a child. You know, I really don't have to say this, but Christmas is a special time of the year. It really is. And I know some of us don't, you know, we, we fight it. I get that, okay? Just for a minute, let your Grinch down, okay? And enjoy it. Uh, you already know this is a special time of the year. Let me highlight five things real quick, okay? First of all, the songs. This is an incredible time of the year when we hear songs sung only once out of the year. And some of you are like, no, I play at my house all year long. <clears throat> right, Stacy? Where's the band docs? Yep, okay. I know Christmas is playing with them all the time. Some of you are the same way. It's like, why do we wait till this time of the year to play these songs? They are great songs. Some of those songs have special meaning. You know, a lot of songs we sing at Christmas time, you sit there and say, well, it's not a hymn. It's not a scripture song like the 12 days of Christmas. You know, that's a secular Christmas song. Let me tell you something. The 12 days of Christmas, many of you may already know this, but it was used to memorize biblical principles. Because back in the 16th century, British Catholics were forbidden to worship. So since they weren't allowed to worship, they had to think, well, how can we still secretly celebrate Jesus? So they wrote this song. It's called The Twelve Days of Christmas. When it talks about a partridge in a pear tree, you have to understand the partridge, that bird, protects its baby chicks. It will pull away its enemy and sacrifice itself for the chicks as Christ sacrificed himself for us. And the pear tree symbolizes the cross. So in my true love, God gave to me a partridge, Jesus Christ, and a pear tree on a cross. As they sang that song, it reminded them of God's love for us. And when they got to the two turtle doves, well, that was Old Testament and New Testament. The four calling birds were the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four books that tell about Jesus. Well, what about the six geese laying? Well, those were six days of creation. You see, eggs symbolize new life. And when this place was dark and void, God came along and six days created the heavens and the earth and all that was in it. So that song in itself is pretty incredible, each day representing, each gift, I'm sorry, representing some kind of biblical representation. So a lot of the songs we sing, it's, it's really a special time of the year. How about food? I sort of look around and I think some of you already are in your head, just your all the baking going on, the parties going on, uh, the big party that took place last night with the Huners and the Trejos, what a fun time. Uh, it sounded like they had. I'm sure there's a little bit of food there. A little? Yeah, probably a lot. Christmas is a special time when we have all kinds of special foods going on, right? How about decorations? Everybody done with their decorations? Anybody still working on them? Still working? What, what a crazy time of the year. You know, usually... We work on the trees outside, and we work on the lights on the inside, but when Christmas comes, we put the lights outside, and we put a tree on the inside, and we get all crazy with decorations. It's a special time of the year. So we've talked about songs. We've talked about decorations and food. Oh, what did I miss? Oh, how about sayings? Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. You're such a Scrooge. You know, there's all kinds of sayings that come along at Christmas time, right? How about the one where they say, you know, we see the Xmas and then we say, oh, keep Christ in Christmas? Can I, can I fill you in on something? 
Uh, when you see that X, it's really a Greek letter, actually indicating the Greek letter chi, which stands for Christ. So when you see Xmas, understand this, it was actually a code for Christ. But over the years, people didn't know that and they forgot it. So now when we see Xmas, we think, oh, they're taking Christ out of Christmas. The chi, the Greek letter, stands for Christ. So really, if you see Xmas, don't get too upset about it. Sit there and think, cool, they put Christ in Christmas in true Greek form. Just a thought. Here's the last one. How about giving of gifts? That's the other big thing of Christmas, all these gifts, right? If I were to have some fun with one of the kids right now, let's, let's, let's bring up here. Uh, if you're a fourth or fifth grader, why don't you come up here real quick, okay? Fourth or fifth grader, come up here real quick. This is going to be a little difficult because I didn't have a ball with me, but why don't you guys circle up. Oh, boy, they're all over the place. How are we going to do this? This is going to be a good one. All right, Pastor Rex, get creative. All right, guys. Let's circle up two circles. Two circles. Let's do one, two, three, four, five, six. You guys make a circle. Seven. You come over here, one. You guys make a circle. You got two circles. Good. Keep working on it. Make sure you're facing each other. Yep, can't use those. Okay, you guys are going to go first. Why don't you step back over here a little bit more open area. And we're going to play a little hot potato, okay? This is the hot potato, my water bottle, okay? And this is what you're going to do with two hands, and you can't, you got to throw it and catch it. You got to throw it and catch it, okay? And then just throw it up in here to the next person and catch it. Oh, good. Now just pass it around. And while they're doing it, if I say the word hot, you're out, okay? If you've got the water bottle in your hand and I say hot, oh, you're out, okay? Sorry. You're out. Now close the circle. Go ahead and have a seat. Keep, keep it going. Keep it going. Here we go. Hot. Somebody out again. Okay. Keep it going. Keep passing the water bottle. I'm not going to look. Should I do it now? Hot. Where are we at? Okay. You're out. Keep it going. Thank you. Keep going. Hot. Oh. Keep it going. Between two. Now here we go. Back and forth. Back and forth. Not listening to the water splash. Hot. Oh. Keep it going. Keep it going. Here we go. We'll do it again. Hot. Oh. Now who's out? You're in or you're out? I'm in. He threw it to me. Oh, and he you... said hot. Oh. So About 200 eyes out here watching. So you're confused? I would say let's, let's wrap up the confusion by putting you two in this circle. Now we're going to pass the water bottle again. Keep it going. Start passing it. Whoa, right to their hands. Hot. Whoever's got it's out. Hot. If you got it, you're out. Hot. Okay. It's actually a cold water bottle, but now it's hot, so whoever has it is out. It's creative. I mean, I, these guys are like competitive, aren't they? It's flying all over the place. Next time I'll remember to bring a Nerf ball. Here we go. Hot. Whoever's got it now? If I say hot two times in a row, that's probably mean two people might be out. Hot, 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 hot. So there's two people. Both of you are out. Both of you are out. So I'm not even, I don't even know if that's right. But anyway, we're going to keep it going because time is precious. Hot. Okay, go ahead and pick it up. Hot. It's still in your hands. I'm sorry. Well, you were going to get it. You did a good job, but you're out. I'm sorry. Okay, keep it going. Here we go. And then uh, hot. Who's got it? Nobody? Oh, whoa. Good catch. Okay. Hot. Oh, I'm out. You're up to preach. Oh, okay. Okay, so wait a second. Oh, okay, well, you're the only one left up here standing now. So tell me, what was the whole point of that game of hot potato. What are you trying to do? Try not to get out, but what are you trying to do? Do you want to hold on to this? Why not? 
because you'll get out, right? So you want to get rid of it, right? So boys, thank you so much for helping me with that because I wanted you to give all the adults a picture of how we should live our lives with the possessions that God's given us. At Christmas time, we always think maybe about it's what I'm going to get instead of what I'm going to give. And really, Christmas is like a hot potato life. Always thinking, how can I give at Christmas? How can I get rid of something that God's given me that I can bless somebody else with? So I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it. I heard an incredibly cool uh, story uh, a couple weeks ago about a gentleman who belongs to the Circle K Coffee Club. Okay? We know who this is. Um, this guy, if you go buy five coffees, you get a sixth one free. And it just tallies up on your point system there at Circle K. And uh, so this guy, he decided, well, I'm going to start buying not only a coffee for myself, but I'll buy it for a coffee that comes in whoever's in behind me, the next person. So he pays for two coffees, takes one, and whoever's in next gets a free coffee. Just sort of blesses them. What a cool thing. Now, here's the deal. He has saved up so many free coffees. I mean, he's got hundreds of free coffee, okay, coming to him. And every time the lady at the register says, would you like to use one of your free ones now? He goes, mm, no. Not yet. Well, this is what happened. I, just, I heard is his birthday was coming up, and it was uh, around 50-ish, so he decided on his birthday he was going to give away 50 coffees. Okay? What a cool thing. You know, on that day, on his birthday, instead of birthday, it's about me, what do I get? What did he do? He gave away, like, 50 free coffees to whoever came in. What a fun thing to do. See, it wasn't, even though, you know, maybe it was about him, he said, I'm going to give. That's what Christmas is. It's about giving. Oh, you know, the decorations, the food, um, the songs, the sayings, those are all good. But when it comes down to it, what about the gifts? Psalm 112.4 says this. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Let me hear you say generous. Proverbs 11.25 says give freely. And become more wealthy, be stingy, and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Let me hear you say, give freely. Let me hear you say, generous. Proverbs 22, 9 says, Blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. Let me hear you say, generous. Let me hear you say, feed the poor. Proverbs 21, 26 says, People are always greedy for more. Some people are always greedy for more. But the godly love to give. Let me hear you say, I love to give. And then finally, Isaiah 32, 8 says this, but generous people plan to do what is generous. They stand firm in their generosity. Let me hear you say, plan to be generous. Sort of like that guy at the coffee, he made a plan. How can I give away something? He had a plan all set up. Pretty cool. Robert Louis Stevenson once said this, you can give without loving but you cannot love without giving. I like that quote, but there was one that said something even a little bit better. He said this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. I think that saying trumped the first one. Isn't it? Christmas is about giving. Amidst the songs, food, decorations, sayings, giving, memories that are made, it's a wonderful time. But let's be honest. And pause for a second here and say there's other things that accompany along all those things. Stress, maybe. Little anxious moments. Busy, chaotic schedules. Maybe some discord and family arguments. Maybe even loss. 
There may be an empty place at the table or around the tree this year. So we're not always so jolly, are we? We're always not always so ho, 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 are we? It's a little rough at times. So can we really enjoy this holiday with all the emotions and anxiety, or is that going to come in and wipe us out? So this morning I want to share three gifts that God gave all of us. And this morning I want you to just do this. I want you to just do this for me. Will you, will you take your hands, okay, everybody get your hands, and just put them out like this, open them up. Now I'm not going to have you do this the whole sermon, but this is the way I want you to receive this morning. God's got three gifts that he wants to give you. He wants to put them into your hands today. So I want you to have that attitude during the next 20 minutes just to receive what God's going to share with you, okay? All right, you can put your hands down. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are an awesome God. I thank you, Lord, so much for this day that we can gather to worship you. Lord, now as we look into your word, as we look into the gifts that you've given us, may we fully understand what it is that you are offering us for free. Lord, help our hearts to be open to you. May our ears be open, and may we be focused on what you say. In thy name we pray, amen. You know, if I wanted to, I'd maybe say we could do this. Um, the gifts I want to give you this morning from God to share with you, uh, it's, it's an incredible thing. They're not riddles, they're not puzzles. You don't have to figure them out. Um, they're, they're nothing that you have to pay for. They are something that maybe you have to seek, maybe a little bit, okay? But what if we combined a couple holidays today? Let's say, hey, children, children, let me just, how about we combine Easter and Christmas, okay? How about we do that? We combine them and we, where we take the gifts and we hide them and we go on a gift hunt. Oh, they're not under the tree. Good luck on finding them, okay? Instead of, <clears throat> instead of Santa coming in and um, putting the presents under the tree, he comes in and he takes them from under the tree and goes and hides them. Now, what kind of Christmas would that be? Some of your parents are like, hey, we may have a new holiday tradition coming in here, right? All right? But what if I told you this, that, that God wants to bless you this morning and give those gifts to you without you looking for them, without you really having to seek and, and figure out, wonder where they're at, wonder where that, I wonder how I can find. What if I told you that God says, forget all those holiday traditions, I want to pull them out and put them right in front of you. Okay, in your Bibles, look at Luke chapter 2. We've, we've heard this read and sung this morning multiple times. Let's turn there again. Luke chapter 2. And as you're turning there, Luke chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 4. Because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he, got to, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. While they were there, the time came for them to be born, and she gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Verse 8, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Now look at this verse 11, okay? If you have a pen highlighter, this is where you might want to use it, okay? Verse 11, the Savior Underline it, highlight it, circle it. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Here's the first gift 
first gift that God wants to give you this morning. It's called forgiveness. Let me hear you say forgiveness. It's an incredible gift. And when we read here in Luke chapter 2, verse 11, we see that, yes, a, a Savior, a Savior is more. We need a Savior, and, and sometimes we might sit there and say, why do we need a Savior? Let me try to explain this, okay? Heaven is a perfect place. God is perfect and holy. We are not. Everybody get that? Heaven's perfect, holy. God, perfect, holy. We are not. To be in God's presence and to be in heaven, we have to be holy and perfect. We cannot enter a perfect place being imperfect. We cannot dwell in that perfect place. By the way, I don't know if you know this. Actually, let's practice this. I'm going to do one thing, okay? I'm going to go one and two, okay? If I go one, I want to hear you all say, shocker. Okay, just have fun with me, okay? Shocker. Let's practice this. Ready? Number one. Okay, then when I go number two, I want you to go, oh, like, like a gasp. Okay, okay, let's practice. Number two. That was really good. That's really good. Let's try this again. Okay, now you ready? Oh, that's, that's great. This is, now, if you ever listen to the podcast, listen to this one. This will be fun, okay? Okay, you ready for this? Okay, you're going to help me out. Okay, by the way, the church is not perfect. Oh, nor will it ever be before Jesus returns. I know, that's, that's surprising. That's surprising. Let's try it again, okay? The church is not perfect. Nor will it ever be before the Lord returns. Yeah, I know. It took me by surprise too. But you know why? Let me refer to a statement made earlier. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. We mess up. We sin. You know, the church is basically this. We are a group of imperfect people gathered together to worship a perfect Heavenly Father. That's what we are. So how do we get into heaven? How do we enter God's presence? Perfection? Holiness? That's a steep, expensive, costly ticket. You know that? A little hard for us to uh, afford to pay. You thought this year's Christmas budget was out of, out of whack? Uh, how do you pay for this? How do you pay for perfection? How do you pay for holiness? God comes up with a solution. A Savior. I'm sending a Savior because there's no way you can pay for this. A little boy wrote a letter to Santa Claus. Matter of fact, can you come up here and read that? Come on up here and read this. Get that letter? Where's that letter at? Oh, ta-da. Okay. I tell you what, it's going to be a little hard. I'm going to give you my mic, okay? So I'm going to click this for you. There you go. go ahead and read it. Dear Santa, there are six kids living at my house. David, Diana, Steve, Terry, Mark, and Rex. The oldest three kids, David, Diana, and Steve, are good most of the time. Terry and Mark are good some of the time, and Rex is good all of the time. By the way, I'm Rex. Thank you. Very well done. Very well done. Yeah. Okay. But you know the problem with that letter? <laughs> Rex is not good all the time, okay? I'll, I'll tell you that right now, and I've got a, a household of people that could tell you. Now, this is going to get crazy on me. I've got a household of people that you can deal with my imperfection right now. Thank you all. Household of people that can tell you right now that Rex is not good all the time, even though that was a cool letter, okay? No one scores a perfect score in diving. Did you know that? Basketball players in here, nobody ever shoots 
and perfection, right? If you're a baseball player, nobody bats a thousand. If you are in choir, you sing, or you're in the band, guess what? You've never played a perfect song, and you've never been to a perfect, <clears throat> especially junior high concert, right? Some of you can relate to that, okay? No one makes it through a work day without at least one error, right? I don't think anybody has a perfect driving record, okay? When we realize, you know, how imperfect we are, I think we're finally in a good position to receive good news. There's a reason why they put erasers on pencils. We make mistakes. So don't fight it. Now here's, I want you to think about this. Imagine you're cheering for your favorite football team. You've been doing this for years. Some of you are very avid fans of, of football, okay? So you can relate to this. You are very faithful to your team. You have t-shirts. You open up your closet and it's all one color basically, okay? You have t-shirts that support your team. Maybe a bumper sticker, a yard sign to show your dedication. I mean, you are sold out. Now, the season finally comes when your team makes it to the championship game. You're like, finally. I thought this would never happen, okay? So you pack up everything. You drive the distance. You're going to go to that stadium and watch your team play. You've painted your face. You've got the cheers down. You've got your team colors on. You arrive at the stadium. You're overwhelmed with emotion. You're anticipating the climax of celebration of all those years waiting for your team to play. But when you get to the gate, they say, ticket please. Oh, I need a ticket to get in? I'm wearing the colors. I've got my face painted. I can sing the school song. I can tell you every player, their position. I, you know, I've, I can tell you the scores for the whole season. I can tell you the record for the last 10 years. Matter of fact, I've got every tape or every game videotaped. It's on the library. I've, I've, I know everything. Ticket, please. I don't have a ticket. I can't even afford a ticket. I thought my support for the team was good enough. I thought all my cheering would get me in. I, I thought they would all work. But wait, wait, wait. There's good news. Just so happens that off to your side happens to be a gentleman. Looks a little rough looking. Very calming when you look at him. Sort of tough though. Looks like he's been through a lot. But you look into his eyes and you see love. And he walks up to you and he hands you a ticket. He says, this is for you. You can go on in. And you go on in. And you thought, this is awesome news. I never thought I'd be able to go in, but this man provided a way for me to go in. He gave me a ticket to get in, and that's the same news that happened 2,000 years ago. See, I don't stand a chance one in a million getting into heaven on my own efforts. I can know the Bible front and back. I can tell you about the disciples. I, I can tell you uh, what my favorite story is of my favorite miracle. I, you know, I could sing all the Christian songs and, and uh, maybe show you some Christian videos and different, you know, Jesus shirts that I have or something, but that doesn't get me into heaven. My effort doesn't work, so neither will yours. That's why God came up with an incredible game plan of sending a Savior. He sent a Savior so we can get in on His pay ticket, and that's the good news. That's the good news we celebrate at Christmas. A Savior has been born. It wasn't just baby Jesus. You know, sometimes people throw the terms around about Jesus, oh, baby Jesus. He's a savior. Yes, he was a baby. He's a savior. We can't work, earn, or buy perfection. 
We can't work, earn, or buy our way into heaven. It doesn't work that way. It's a priceless gift that no one can purchase at any store. But at Christmas, we're reminded that God offers a chance for us to have our past forgiven. Paul said this, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says that. And Acts 10, 43 says this, All who believe in Jesus will be forgiven of their sins through Jesus' name. Let me hear you say, all who believe. You have the opportunity, right? This is you right now. You have the opportunity to believe, to accept the gift of forgiveness. That's your choice. It's his gift to you. So you ready for some good news this Christmas? That, that price has been paid for you. You just need to believe in Jesus. Let him be your Savior. And once he's your Savior, then you say, now be my Lord. I want to follow you. I believe in you. Now I want to follow you. And if you've already received the good news, if you're sitting there going, Rex, I've already got this. I've already have his forgiveness. And you know what I'm going to tell you next? Guess what? Now go share that with somebody else. Because there are thousands of people within a 10-mile radius of this building that do not know that. Thousands. And I'm sure we know at least one or two. You know, I once read that if our greatest need was information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need was technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need would have been money, God would have sent an economist. If our greatest need would have been pleasure, God would have sent an entertainer. But our greatest need is forgiveness. So God sent a Savior. You know, back when I was in college, I spent a summer working at a camp in upstate New York. And during that time, I uh, took a test to become a lifeguard. And ended up doing some lifeguarding for a few years. Fortunately, during my time at camp when I was a lifeguard and when I was on duty, I didn't have to save anybody. So thankful for that. Okay? Um, but we had to practice. We had to practice. Every day we'd get out in the morning, we'd swim laps out in the lake, swim across the lake, and then we would sit up in a chair and practice driving into the lake, swimming out, rescuing somebody. What we discovered is this, though. I can't save anybody drowning if they're trying to save themselves. This is what happens. If you're in a pool, you can throw a line out to them, you can put a pole out to them, but if you're in a lake, they're way out there. There's nothing you can throw or use to reach to them. You have to go out and help them. But when you swim out to them, they're going to fight and swim and flail their arms and everything. So when you swim up to them, you either got to swim behind them or you've got to sort of tread water and wait for them to stop trying to save themselves. I know that sounds crazy, but what happens if you try to swim in too close to them while they're flailing, they grab you and they pull you under two. Now there's two victims and not one. So you wait till they stop trying to save themselves or you swim behind and you reach over and you grab them and you pull them to safety. Here's the deal. The same way it works for you and I. A lot of us are trying to save ourselves. Some of your friends, your family, they're trying to save themselves. Believing in Jesus Christ, you know, we've got to let him save us instead of us trying to save ourselves. And when you've got friends that are drowning, here's the deal. This is what happens sometimes. We try to help them, but if they're not they're going to keep trying to save themselves. It's so hard to help them find Christ. And sometimes they end up taking you down too. Until somebody's ready to be saved, it's so hard for them to find this gift of forgiveness. So we pray for others.
God, help me be a witness to them. Lord, help them seek you and forgiveness. If that's you this morning, forgiveness is offered. All you have to do is believe. If you've already had this gift, think about how you can share that. Who do you need to share this gift with? Here's gift number two. Let me hear you say peace. Peace of mind is the, the next gift. For some, peace is reached by you know, drinking and putting drugs into your system and getting numb until I don't feel anything. And phew, ah, I'm at peace. Here's the problem. When you wake up the next day, guess what? It's still there. Some people find peace by going from one relationship to another. Well, this guy, this prince, he's really a frog. I'm moving on to find another prince. That's not the way to find peace. For some, it's being a workaholic. I'm going to seek uh, accomplishment, achievement, maybe money, whatever it may be. Let me tell you something. That doesn't work with finding you peace either. Maybe it's, you know, and you have some of these friends, new age where they're crossing their fingers and they're crossing their legs and they're, mm, and they're looking at crystals and trying to find peace through some kind of far-out religious belief. That doesn't bring peace either. You know what peace is? It's being in a relationship with God that has forgiven you. And in spite of your next mistake, whatever that may be, or the next time you, you mess up, you know that, well, God's given me forgiveness, and he's not going to stop loving me. So now I'm ready to receive that peace because I have forgiveness. I can now have peace with God as well. And no matter what happens to me, God won't leave me alone. See, I can shout out, God, where are you at? He's right behind me and says, I'm right here. There's moments when we don't feel at peace and we scream that out. He just puts a hand on our shoulder and says, I'm right here. It's okay. It's okay. No matter what comes your way, God offers you strength to handle and peace to withstand it. You know, peace is this. Peace is when I obey God's word and I live out what he says in his word. You know what the result of that is? You know what happens when you walk in the right path? You don't create sinful habits. That, try, that mess you up. You don't have these hang-ups and these hurts because you chose to be obedient. That's when you have peace. Peace is teaching my kids. It's you teaching your kids that they can make decisions that honor God on their own so that I can say, man, I'm so proud of you that you did the right thing when I wasn't there to help you make the right decision because they've learned God's word. They've hid God's word in their heart that they don't sin against God. And I see this all the time. I know what's going on in the schools. Kids so pressured by, i got to get the grade, that they cheat. Kids so much falling into peer pressure that, well, it's the movie to go see. I don't care if, you know, there's 50 swear words in the most inappropriate scenes ever shown on the screen. All my friends are watching it, so let's go watch it. Well, I know who's dealing pot, and I know who's smoking pot in the school. It's okay, right? No, it's not. None of that is okay. But if I can teach my kids God's word so that when I'm not there to help them make that right decision, they can take God's word that they've hidden in their heart and say, I know this doesn't honor God, so no, I, I will not take that. No, I will not watch that. and No, I will not cheat on that. That gives me peace as a parent. That's peace. You see, there's a Grinch who likes to sneak in and steal our gifts. See, God wants to offer you peace. But Satan likes to come in and just rip peace out of your hands. You know how he does that? 
Repeat after me. Guilt, grief, grudge. Somebody was saying that with a deep voice like the Grinch. That was pretty incredible. Here's the first one, guilt. You know, Satan steals your peace with guilt. You know, we make mistakes and we hold on to them when we allow them to resurface. We wear a little name tag that, that says, I'm guilty. And we forget that when we ask for forgiveness, God gives us a new name tag that says, I'm a child of God. But we keep ripping off child of God and we keep slapping up guilty. And God says, would you stop that? I've forgiven you. I've forgiven you. Let go of that guilt. When we ask for forgiveness, it's like an etch-a-sketch. We can see our sin written on there, but God takes that sin and like an etch-a-sketch, shakes it. It's gone. Yeah. Don't hang on to that guilt. Here's the second one. Grief. Satan steals your peace with grief. Some of you know exactly what I mean. You lost someone or you know you soon will. Someone has died. Makes this time of the year hard, right? In one way or another, you're grieving, and, and some of you have maybe gone through a divorce recently. Maybe you feel abandoned for some reason. Maybe you feel alone. For all of you right now that have grief in your heart, I'm sorry. I, I really am. Nobody should have to go through grieving moments and holidays. They really shouldn't. But greater than my sympathy could ever be for you is God's love for you. He wants to take your grief and give you his love. He sees it. He knows it. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this. Give all your worries and cares to God because he cares about you. But Satan likes to sneak in, put a little guilt, give you a little grief. And the third one's really a bummer. It's called grudges. Satan steals our peace with grudges. We feel guilty, I know, when we hurt others. But when other people hurt us, we feel resentful and we hold grudges. I want to give you something here, okay? Oh, you still hanging with me on this one? Don't forget what we're doing now, okay? You will be hurt in life. Yeah, I know. We will, okay? We can sort of laugh about that, but it's true. Intentionally or unintentionally, we will get hurt in life. It will happen. How we respond determines our happiness. Here's, here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to pick on one area, okay? I'm going to pick on the church because I think we can all relate to this, okay? When, resent, when somebody hurts us, and, and here's the deal. I know there are people who get upset at me. I know there's people who get upset at the church. I know there's people who get upset at people within the church. And so then they stop coming to the church, okay? I'm sorry for that. I really am. I don't know what else to say. When somebody walks out these doors and say, well, they did this and they felt like they were hurt. I don't think we in a church, as a church, whether myself, the whole church, you as an individual, would ever intentionally want to hurt anybody. I don't think so. Unintentionally, people get hurt. But you know what happens then? Because they were hurt, we hold grudges. I'm not coming back to church. All of a sudden, because I have a grudge, I am now separated from the place of worship. I'm now separated from opportunity to worship God with other believers. Grudges are an incredible thing by Satan to rob us of peace. What if you had a dollar for every time someone came to you and said, I'm sorry? How much money would you have in your hand? Now, how much money would you have in this hand if you were given a dollar for every time you told somebody, I'm sorry? 
you will never be able to control how much people come up and say, I'm sorry to you, but you can always control how you say, I'm sorry to others and mean it. You become a very rich person in your heart by not holding grudges and forgiving others. You become a very rich person in your heart by giving to others and not expecting people to give to you. Satan, the Grinch, robs us of peace by implanting guilt, grief, and grudges. Seek peace. Accept the gift this Christmas. Our third and final gift is this. It's called eternal life. Let me hear you say eternal life. I don't know if you knew this, but did you know that we all have an expiration date? Oh, you were all late on that one. Let's try this again, okay? Did you know that you have an expiration date? And it might be tomorrow. Yeah, see, we don't know. Okay. I hope not. Unless the Lord comes back and takes us all, then I'm okay with that, okay? But here's the deal. If you've uh, been like me, maybe you go to the fridge sometimes and you pull something out and you look and you say, expiration date. Ooh, yesterday. Mm, missed it. Toss it, right? Especially if it's milk because, you know, you pull the lid. Woo, put the lid back on, get rid of it, right? Okay? Has an expiration date. Sometimes you don't know it. Sometimes you look at the date and it's like, really? It still looks good until you taste it, right, or smell it, here's the deal with us. We don't know when our expiration date is. Sometimes, you know, you can look at somebody and say, could be soon, right? Okay. And other times, oh, no, they look like they're going to last forever. But we don't know. Now, with all seriousness, I, I do want to say this. We don't know when our expiration date is. We, we don't. And I want you to think about this. We will spend more time worrying about the present than we will about the future. If you were to spend 11 months in Florida, one month in Canada out of the year, how much are you going to pack for Florida as compared to Canada? I think I'm putting all my packing and all my focus on my 11 months in one spot than I am in one month. Okay? Here's the deal. Your 11 months in Florida is eternity in heaven. Your one month in Canada is here on earth. We're only here for a short time. We're in heaven in eternity forever. How much have you prepared for it? How much have you packed for it? Eternal life. Key word, eternal. It doesn't make sense to know that someday we're going to exit this planet to a place of eternity and not be prepared. We need to know the way. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. In John 14, 6. This gift, Jesus Christ, came in a manger and on a cross. Three gifts that God wants to offer you. All of them. You know what the cool thing is? He doesn't say just pick one. He says, take all three. Take all three. Can I have the last three boys that were up here? Do you remember who the last three boys were in Hot Potato? Bless you. One. Two. Come on up. I need a, uh, do you remember who the third boy was? Tyson was? Oh, whoever's, I don't care, whoever's standing, come on up here. We got three of you. Okay. There you go. Did you take the first gift? Why don't you take the second gift? And here's the third gift. Okay, I want you guys to stand right up here. Okay. And actually, we'll put you in order. Why don't you come over this way, Aiden? You're number three, number two. Okay. Let me read this to you. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. 
let's see what has happened. Let's seek this out, which the Lord told us about. So they hurried off to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph until there was the baby lying in the manger. These shepherds said, we just got told about a great gift. So how about we just hang out here and not do anything? That's silly, right? Scripture tells us that when they were told about the wonderful gift given to them, they hurried, they ran to see what those gifts were, of this baby that was born. And you know, I don't, I don't know where you're at right now. It doesn't matter to me what religious background, you know, it's like, well, I grew up this way, I grew up that way. It doesn't matter, okay? I, I, it doesn't matter to me where you work. You can work in town, out of town. You could work, you know, in one profession or another. It doesn't matter to me, okay? I don't care what team you cheer for. Okay? I know who most of you cheer for. It doesn't matter to me. Okay? Cheer on. Okay? What you did for me, what you have done for others, what you do, okay, that doesn't matter to me. Here's what matters to me this morning. Please hear this. What matters to me this morning is that you have an established relationship with Jesus Christ. Because forgiveness and peace and eternal life are the most incredible gifts that God has to offer to you. That's what matters to me, is that you're accepting all three. Not like one, like, well, I'm wanting to pick. No, 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 no. What matters to me is that you have an established relationship with Jesus Christ. And you say, I've asked for forgiveness. I need that peace. I have his peace, and I have eternal life. I've made that choice. I believe in him. What if I gave you the gift, and you never unwrapped it? Wouldn't that be silly? I come over to your house, give you a gift. I come back the next, you know, a week later to it. It's, the gift is still there, unwrapped, unopened. I come back two weeks later and it's still there. It's like, why aren't you going to open it? I, I don't know. I just haven't had the time. I don't want to wreck the wrapping paper. It looks so beautiful. Okay? Silly, right? So let me ask you this. If God has given us all these things, why aren't we accepting them? Why aren't we opening them? Why aren't we then sharing them with others? Go ahead and open the box, okay? Just go ahead and open that up. Hold the bottom. And inside is what? Forgiveness? A little etch-a-sketch, right? Remember, you write in there, this is what God does. Lord, I blew it. And then God goes, forgiven, right? Okay. Open the second gift. It was peace, right? Oh, uh, what's that? Oh, yeah, phone. It's even got a camera. Nice. Here's what I don't understand. I don't understand how this works. I really don't. I mean, you go back to the first phones, the rotary ones, Okay. How in the world can you talk with somebody on the other side of the world by just looking into a box? Does that ever boggle anybody's mind? We take it for granted. It's like, well, that's supposed to work. How? How does it work that you can talk to somebody somewhere else by talking? I can't figure it out. I can't figure out God's peace either because it surpasses all understanding. But I'll, I'll take his peace. And I'll take a phone to use too, okay? Go ahead. Oh, I took a picture. Sorry. Go ahead and open up the third gift. The third gift was eternal life, right? Candy canes. Because we know the story about the candy cane. Upside down candy cane is a what? It's a, it's a hook. It's a shepherd's hook. And Jesus is the good shepherd. And then when you hold it the other way, it also makes a letter, which is what? Oh, here. I think this is way too easy for you. Okay. Oh, okay. That's the letter J for Jesus. The red on there is the blood. The white is the forgiveness of sins, right? When the candy maker made the candy canes, it was to represent his faith, okay? It's a cool story. 
It's eternal life through Christ, okay? It's a great representation, remember, of eternal life. Now, here's the deal. God gave us these gifts, forgiveness, peace, and eternal life. Now, you guys have that responsibility now somewhere. I don't care, somebody in this room, somebody outside this room. Your responsibility is to take those gifts and give them, share them with somebody else. So you got to be creative. You got to think who would want a phone like that, right? Think of a little kid, okay? You got to think about who would want an Etch-a-Sketch, or, or you got two of them in there, actually. Who would want candy canes? You need to take those gifts and share them, just like we need to take these gifts that God's given us and share them with others. Thanks, guys. You can have a seat. Go ahead. While they're um, having a seat, can I have the worship? I'm sorry. Uh, Kobe, Dave, I think, are going to come on up here. This is what we need. See, our list changes every year. Every year we sit down, well, what do you want for Christmas? We write out a list. Oh, I don't, you know, it's a new list every year. You know, if you, it's like, well, I put the same thing on the list every year. I put cologne on the list every year. Ask my family, cologne, because I don't know. I guess I got to smell good or something. But here's the deal. I run out every year. It doesn't last. See, all the gifts that we have, we get and we give, they don't endure. They don't last. You're always writing a new list. The three gifts that God wants to share with you this morning... Those are eternal. You don't have to keep asking for them over and over again. These are gifts that satisfy. These are gifts that last. These are gifts that endure. Forgiveness, peace, eternal life. Will you receive those today? And if you've received those, will you share those today? Would you please stand and pray? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this morning, which we've been able to have time looking at Scripture and looking at presence and having a little fun, but also, Lord, being really serious and saying eternal life matters. Peace matters. Forgiveness matters. That's our relationship with you. Thank you for giving us those gifts. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for giving a peace that surpasses all understanding. I don't know how it works like a phone, but you give us peace and eternal life. You offer us the opportunity to be in your presence forever. Gifts that only you can offer. And we can't afford any of those gifts, but you give them to us freely. Thank you. Lord, if there's somebody here this morning has never accepted any of those gifts, I pray right now where they're standing, they'll quietly just pray to you and ask for them. Ask for forgiveness. Ask for peace. Ask for eternal life with you. Lord, you gave us a Savior. A Savior. Thank you. Thank you for saving us. Lord, we love you. Let us take these gifts that you've given to us and not only bring them into ourselves, but share them with others. Help us, Lord, to be a witness for you wherever we go. In thy precious name we pray. Amen.